SQL podcast number six. Does size matter? My name is Pierre Sosa. I am here with Andrew Miok. Does it really matter how big your cock is? Yes, it does. If it's below average, you are fucked. Am I? Kidding. <laughs> we're all good. We're all good. So, today we're going to talk about what do you actually do if you got a small wiener? What do you do? Can you still please a woman? Can you still satisfy her? Can you give her orgasms with your penis? Can you do other things than using your penis? And what if there is more to sex than just size? We will discover all of that in the next hour or so. Andrew, what are your initial thoughts on does size matter? I get it. This has been the age-old question. And the thing is, with porn as well, you see these dudes with massive cocks and they know how to use them. And then that intimidation starts to set in going, shit, if I don't have this size cock and I am fucked, if I don't have a 10-inch cock, then I'm in trouble. But remember, you are watching. if you're watching porn or you've seen porn before, you are comparing to the guys who are the... 0.1% of the men in the world who are actually shooting porn on there and they're on there for their size and they're on there because they're usually jacked up big looking dudes not like the 1980s where you got Johnny Holmes fucking shout out to that man rest in peace if you want to see some of his videos he has some phenomenal views on women I think he's fucked like 10,000 women and holy shit, he had a massive cock and I think it was like eight and a half, nine inches or something like that. If I got it wrong, if I got it wrong and you're listening up there, wherever you are, Johnny Holmes, uh, it was it was a um, privilege to see some of your interviews and stuff like that. But you don't need to have this amazingly big cock because what the porn industry has done, it's left you in, it's led you into false misconceptions going, you have to be a man, to be a man, you have to have a big cock, big muscles, and you have to make lots of money. And if you don't have all those things, then all of a sudden you are a worthless human being. And I get it. There's, if there's a pain in something, people are going to put out a solution, they're going to make money. So what would the pain be? Hmm, someone has a, a, a small cock and they feel insecure about it. So we're going to make them feel even more insecure about it. So what we're going to do is a big... Big corporate conglomerate. I fucking said that word. Conglomerate. Yeah, conglomerate. English is my second language. My first language is Swedish. So it's actually Pierre's first language, but it's my on my second English. My second fuck. I'm fucking up the words today. But my second his first language, language is Australian. His, sec- his second language is English. Is what this chippy is trying to say. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm muddling my words, but we got there in the end. So. It's like, we're going to make you feel so insecure about something that actually does not matter. Unless your cock is the size of a fucking rice grain, then it's going to be a fucking tough day in the office. But chances are your cock is not the size of a rice grain. And if it is, hit us up. So these... Did you, did you say a rice grain? A rice grain. Okay, sorry. I thought you said ice cream. I was like, ice creams aren't that small. What kind of ice creams do you eat? <laughs> I guess in Australia, they melt really quickly. So yeah. maybe that was like an inside Aussie joke. I wasn't no. really sure. Okay. A, a the, rice, size, the size of a rice grain. Rice grain. We're in Thailand, so a rice grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. A grain of rice. Yeah, I got it. A grain. Yeah. So... Basically, you've got that fear and that insecurity that you can't please and satisfy a woman with a small cock, and then they play on that fear and insecurity so heavily. 
And what they're going to do is make you feel so shit about something that it really is completely irrelevant in the whole scheme of things when we talk about what we're going to tell you today. Because why would... The thing is, they're going to sell you the penis pills. Grow your penis by taking these pills. Oh, how many guys I've talked to have watched a lot of porn and then on porn sites, people are running traffic and ads. So then they're going, yep, you got a small cock, that's it. You won't be able to satisfy a woman. Buy these pills and grow it by three inches overnight. And you're like, holy shit, I could do this. But not to mention... Look at into, if you want to, look into penis pills as well and look at the psychological and the, more so the physical, um, the physical um, things that happen that are actually harmful by taking these pills. Not to mention, then there, there comes the penis pump. And then you got to, there's a million and a one things about having a small cock. And if you have a small cock, you're not masculine, you're not a man. That is completely fucking false. And we want to break that down. And if you are so insecure about your penis size, that is usually something a lot deeper below the surface as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think to start this off, one thing that I would like to make as first point, we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but here's something that I don't think a lot of guys even know. So a pussy works in mysterious ways. And what, what, one thing actually happens is that if the put or to begin with, you don't need to have that big of a penis to even actually hit the end of her wall. That's one thing. But also, if a woman is extremely aroused and attracted to you, and what, what this implies is that if you're meeting a woman and you have to basically nag her into fucking you, she's not for you. You should sleep with women who are begging you to fuck them, right? Just as a super quick little caveat, and you can read more about this in our free course, From None to Nymph. It's five huge parts. Each part has a video module and a text module. Um, it's actually it's really, really big. It's, it's normally a $500 product, but we're giving it out for free on our website, andrewmyok.com, right? In any case, you'll learn more about this there. But essentially, when I'm with a woman, I want to drag it out as much as possible before I have sex. I love playing around in the sexual tension. And we'll talk about this more later as well, but this is really what I love about it. So like I mentioned before, I'm really into dirty talking. I'm really into the foreplay of things. I love dragging out the foreplay three, four days, even a week or two weeks with a woman. Sometimes I will actually have a woman over, make her so aroused that, you know, we can go into explicit details another time, but basically have her on her knees and literally say, please fuck me and have her do all sorts of things and make her think I'm just like, I will undress her and just make her think I'm just about to penetrate her and then go, actually, we're going to do this another day and just drag it out more and more and more and really, really create that extreme sexual tension. And what happens when a woman becomes this intensely aroused and needing your cock so much she's also becoming extremely attracted to you because you're having you are in control you're not controlling you're in control which is extremely masculine and super attractive what happens is if you do this and you have a small penis her pussy will actually match your size un un unless it's like a centimeter right like you know we'll we we have other 
solutions for that, of course. But if you have a smaller than average penis, the woman's pussy will actually swell up so much. And, and because sex is so psychological as well, that even if your penis is not that big, if you do this kind of stuff, it will actually feel massive no matter the fucking size. Right, and then so what you can do, you can have her crawling around all your apartment. You can have her do all sorts of different things and just start talking and have her write sex novels for you. And you can go go back and forth, back and forth with writing sex novels and just making it so dirty and so taboo that she's just walking around wet for a week and just thinking and craving your cock so bad. And then when she comes home, you can go down her. You can eat her pussy for two hours and you can do all these sort of things. And then. When you actually put it in, no matter the size, it's going to feel fucking huge, right? So, even if you have a small penis, it can actually feel big because you have, instead of being the typical man and just try to, quote-unquote, seduce her physically, you've actually treated her mind as part of her vagina. Her vagina is her mind, her mind is her vagina, Right? It's like you say a lot like, guys think with their penis. Yeah, women do too. Thank you very much. That's the way it works, right? So if you can seduce her psychologically, and, and seduce has a little bit ne negative connotations, really. But like if you can create sexual tension psychologically and emotionally, then whatever you have at, at your, in your abilities physically will just be a hundred times more powerful. It's like, imagine you're a musician and you have a guitar, right? And it can make a certain level of, of, of noise. Maybe it's like a fucking ukulele. It's not going to make much noise, right? But if you plug it into an amplifier system, suddenly you can just reach, like, I don't know, 100 times further, 1,000 times further. I'm not really a musician. But this is basically what it's like. If you understand how to bring her mind and her emotions into the foreplay... That's an amplifier for everything else that you do. If you go down on her slowly while talking to her and you're just refusing to even touch her pussy and you're going down, you're inside her thighs and maybe you're choking her at the same time and you're doing whatever you like, right? And then once you, and you, maybe you pretend you're going to start touching her pussy with your lips but instead you just blow cold air on it and then you go back to her thighs and you go back and you tease her and you tease her and you make her say please and please and please then eventually an hour later once you actually do touch her pussy just uh, one slow relaxed lick and she will just moan like crazy from that and then you go back to just being with her thighs for another hour and you can just keep going for hours like that and they will just go nuts then if you actually put your penis inside of her, it's going to feel so big and so arousing and she is going to surrender so much. And what's happening now is that she is completely taken by the moment, completely immersed in the moment and completely in her feminine. And you can make the craziest emotional connections long term with her now in this state. It's all about being in the right state emotionally and psychologically so that you can create that physical connection.
Yeah, I love it. I really love what Pierre said about the psycholo- psychological aspect. I was going to touch tap onto that as well. There's this thing. Even if you got a small one or you think you're below average, it's so fucking fascinating. If you're an exceptional lover, and when I say that, it's not just cocking pussy as you've heard me say before if you've listened to other ones, but I'll quickly touch on that if you haven't listened to other episodes. Basically saying that if, like, being a good lover, you can use your hands, your mouth, you can use toys, the psychological understanding, and we we're going to really tap into that a bit later, but... Basically, when you can be such a good lover and so good in bed, she is going to say, and it's like an unconscious thing that a lot of women say, and it's happened to myself, it's happened to clients, and they will just say, oh my God, you're so big, you feel so big. And when they're saying, I feel so big, what they're saying is like, I feel full, I feel whole, I feel complete by your penis. And it's not so much the size, it's about the emotional... um, a roller coaster that's going through. So remember, being such a good lover and knowing exactly what to go, oh my God, you're so big. And the woman can be referring to um, actually your quote-unquote performance, even though I don't like using that word, but you get what I'm saying. It's more about how you were in the bedroom with her and the experience that you both enjoyed together. And the thing is, I've heard guys before, like some guys have told me they have huge cocks and stuff like that, but the thing is, they've had women say that they'll shit in bed and stuff like that. It doesn't matter how big your um, cock is in that respect because sometimes if you have a huge cock and you still don't know how to use it, it does not matter. Like a lot of these guys are like, oh, i got a big cock and that's it, I'm going to walk around. The thing is, yeah, it's cool to do it with your mates in the fucking football shells if you're one of those guys or you're just one of those guys who are like, i got a big cock and that's it. But what you want to understand is... Women don't really care. It's more about the emotion and the feeling behind things and the psychological understanding about what Pierre was saying before. Then when you can really tap into that, that's when women will start going, oh my God, he's the best I've ever had. He's fucking a god in the bedroom. I can't believe he's, he's such a pro. He knows exactly how to please me and know what to do because you've actually fundamentally dissected her mind in a sexual realm so then you can connect to her body and that's what she wants to feel she wants to feel out of her head in her body and when you can connect to her body then she goes you're fucking massive oh my god you're huge and the thing is if you're starting to bring attention to your cock size what that does if i tell you right now don't think of a pink elephant what are you going to think of and if i say don't think of pierre naked what are you going to be thinking of oh yeah pierre naked (laughs) so think about that And if a woman ever does bring up something about your size, what you want to do is you want to play it off. And it's like, she goes, oh my God, like, um," if she's like a really basic bitch and she's saying you have a small cock and stuff like that, get that bitch out of there, tell her to get the fuck out of your house and just leave. Because the thing is, that is absolutely rude. And do you like say to her, like, be be explicit here, like, wow, you have really big lips, you have really um, big um. You have really big lips down there saying that's a woman. Like, imagine that. It's like, it's the same insult, but then PC, politically correct society and all this jargon. It's um, ridiculous. But fuck that. So moving on. So with, if you've got the big cock and you don't know how to use it, it's the same thing. You want to know how to use the weaponry that you've been given regardless of the size. And then when we're on the retreats, we actually get guys to do a lot of hip opening exercises because it's so important to know how to move your um, hips in rhythm and we actually go through six to eight different ways and different 
positions if you do have a small cock and then also different rhythms not just like most guys when they think of sex it's just in and out and as fast as you can sex is so much more than that sex is like it's like such an experience and no one was ever taught how to fuck because what happened was we just watched we just watched uh porn and or we got an education from our dad saying mate if you get if you get a chick who goes down on you then all of a sudden what you got to do is Keep her around. If you find a chick who blows you like the vacuum cleaner, then mate, if you let her go, you're in trouble. Put a ring on her. Wasn't my dad, but I'm just I'm just saying some freaking ridiculous example. Yeah, well, one other thing that, that I think is very important to understand is that the difference between a pro and an amateur in the bedroom is that pros really understand that they need to seduce her psychologically and emotionally before even contemplating going physical. It's a huge difference. That's the real difference between someone who's a pro in the bedroom and someone who's a fucking amateur. It's the same thing. Think about your work. Who's a pro at work? The pro at whatever it is that you're doing, someone who is really, truly skilled, right? A master. That's someone who has more than one tool. The one-trick pony, the one-hit wonder, that shit never works long-term. The pros, the masters, the geniuses, they have a myriad of different tools to, cr- to create solutions for no matter what the fucking problem is. And, that said, one, one thing I will say is that fighting, fucking, and dancing is all the same shit right? You need to treat it that way as well, right? It's all a dance. And if all you know is one fucking dance move, you're not going to go far at all. You need to have everything there. And dancing, maybe it's, it's, you're moving physically, but it's really about emotions that you're expressing through your dance in a rhythm together with another person. And you're creating fucking art and sex is the same. Sex is art and art is sex. Mm-hmm, sweetie. Also, your cock could be too big. Some I've heard it from clients, and I've heard it from mates going, dude, she said my cock was way too big. And they didn't say it in like a proud, egotistical way. Well, probably there's a little bit in there. But in saying that, she was like, it was too, mu- too much. And let's like, like someone, <laughs> I have a few, um, <laughs> back in the day, I remember this black dude going, dude, it sucked, man. Some girls I couldn't actually do certain positions with because it would actually be too painful. And the thing is, if you have a small one, you're not going to ever have that problem. And that's that's such... The thing is, the size is... So, I want to make it so clear, has been such a marketing hype and basically playing into your manhood. You are not a man if you have a small one. You are not a man if you don't have one that fucking... When you take your clothes off and it fucking scrapes the pavement. It's not true. That just fucking hurt, in all frankness. What it is is your own masculinity and your own manhood is defined by who you are and what's important to you opposed to going, oh, I have to be this certain person with this certain um, with a certain package. It's not true at all. And I know Pierre has a lot on this. Yeah, here's the thing. Having a real, like a huge fucking cock, the reason why that's quote-unquote helpful sexually is because when a woman sees you having a really big dick, it 
it's not that it feels good. It's psychologically arousing, right? And going back to the pro versus the amateur. If you're a fucking amateur, that's when you need to rely on having a big cock to arouse her psychologically. Because it's the psychological and emotional arousal that matters. The physical shit takes care of itself. But if you're an amateur, you can't create the psychological and emotional arousal. And that's why you need to rely on a big fucking cock. But if you know, if you actually understand how to dance with the feminine, you mm. can make her so aroused psychologically and emotionally, even if you got a rice grain of a cock, or an ice cream of a cock, either or, <laughs> and then you won't need it, right? If you're a pro, you can, you can arouse her in other ways. The only reason a really big cock is powerful, <laughs> powerful is funny, is powerful is because it's psychologically arousing. But if you have other tools, that, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. The point of having a hammer or a sledgehammer between your legs is just because it can create psychological and emotional arousal. And that's, that's all, all good. I, I don't I, I personally don't think and I don't I don't I think Andrew agrees with me. Uh, we're not really saying that size is completely irrelevant. It is not even on the map. Mm. There, there are pros to having a big dick as well, but the pros are actually psychological and not physical. Yeah. And and don't get don't get me wrong either. Like women have been conditioned to going big cock equals man is good. Because the thing is Maybe this might shut your reality, but women do watch porn, and they do watch porn. And on that note, men, it's more the visual stimulus from actually watching it, but women, holy fuck, when they are what when they are reading porn, when they're actually reading, that women get off their porn is novels. If you've ever picked up a, a female novel on eroticism, go check that out. Half the time, it is not. Uh, no, most of the time, 99% of the time, it is not about how big his cock is. Read it. If you want a really good understanding about female psychology, female nature, etc., and understanding the sex and how to sexually arouse a woman, look in and read some of these books. Because, it, excuse me, it gives a woman, gives you an understanding of what's in the woman's mind. You can start to see how they think in such intricate detail and specific detail about what's important and what's not important. I remember reading these books in the day, and Pierre, I know you've got a lot on this as well, when we, when like looking at these and looking into the finite detail they talk about from like pulling down this guy's pants, like me and you as a, as a bloke, or just as a, as a general bloke, mate, yeah, just whip down her pants and that's it and, and put your finger in. No, it's like this. It's like... She slowly looked to the left and really her neck was ajar as her eyes gazed downwards at his pants, thinking what was under there. Could it be that bulge really coming out to play and tantalize my pussy as I've been thinking about it all day, as my pussy has been dripping wet and I couldn't even open my legs at work because when I was walking, I was feeling the moistness of just thinking about taking down his pants and really unva- you, you get what I'm saying. But it's such an elaborate, specific detail and that foreplay of that build-up is what's built, um, building upon that. 
like time and time again and then the part and then it's like oh my half the time if they get to the cock it's not like oh my god it was a little one and now it's all over it's that psychological fucking like dominance and that um arousal and that just that physicality of being an actual man and not being unapologetic about your sexuality that is what is turning her the fuck on because remember your penis is an extension of your heart and when she's connected to she's not just putting a cock in in her mouth she's putting you in her mouth She's putting the person, and the thing is, when she really connects to your cock, she's like, I'm putting this man into my mouth, and I get to take him in. And that's the true expression, opposed to, because opposed to going, I'm just putting a cock in my mouth. Because some men go, oh, this is me, I'm over here, I, I'm, 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 say the name's Jimmy, this is, I'm Jimmy, and then my cock is a different part of me. But at SQL retreats, we really talk about, you are your cock, and then it's like a privilege when a woman puts her cock, when a woman, <laughs> when a woman puts her mouth around your penis, it's not like yeah, she's sucking your cock, mate. She's actually enjoying the essence of who you actually are, and you can tell that she'll really let go and enjoy that moment with you, and it feels like she's connecting to you as a human being. Yeah, exactly. One of the most powerful transformations we see on, on the retreats, and we have, we have so many instances on on the retreat it's designed to create transformation after transformation in a chain more or less day by day for the three days one of the absolutely most mind-blowing transformations we see is when guys learn how to more or less close that gap between jimmy and jimmy's cock and it's just the one thing and they're basically i don't know what what, what the term would be but they're embodying their cock with their 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 reconciling the difference between the two what do you say they, they, they become unified with their sexuality more or less like they are their sexuality and their sexuality are them and they become completely unapologetic this is a huge component of really getting in touch with your masculinity and we have some insane ways of really going into your unconscious and dragging that thing up to the surface and when people start really like truly embodying this oh dude the differences are insane like learning how to be dominant and how to last longer and dealing with premature ejaculation like that stuff is just easy after that after this we can start talking about the truly advanced concepts so learning how to how to have that full healthy relationship with your cock what it really symbolizes is having good relationship with your sexuality and that symbolizes having a relationship with your quote-unquote shadow like Carl Jung would call it or Jung as some people pronounce it um, which is basically integrating your conscious with your unconscious it's not really more than that but it's a very complicated process and I'm not saying that we, we sort of heal you <laughs> completely and, and integrate all your consciousness with your unconscious. It's not happening at all. But like I said, it's a chain of transformations and this is one of those transformations that's happening. And that's one of the reasons why the results of these programs are by far the best I have seen by any kind of self-improvement program in any industry ever. 
because we understand how to actually get you in touch with your sexuality versus dealing with sex as here's my finger going into a pussy to make her squirt or here's my tongue on her clit or here's my penis going inside her pussy. It's your sexuality and her sexuality creating a sexuality between the two of you, which is one of the biggest things that that, uh, that I really learned from Andrew, which is such a powerful concept. When you can learn how to merge two people's unique sexualities together and form one. Or if you're three people and form one, or four people. And don't force it. Yeah, and you don't force it. It's just you learn how to get out of your own way and allow your sexuality to just be expressed without filter and completely unapologetically being you with not pretending to be someone you're not. Not not like, I'm going to be dominant. None of that shit. It's like you're actually you, right? And if you think that pussy is looking delicious, go down and have a fucking feast for an hour. It's fine. It's amazing. And she's going to think... Listen, if you give a woman fucking 15 oral orgasms, she's not going to complain. Not even if you... Listen, if you have premature ejaculate, we've been over this before, but if you go down on a woman, you give her 15 oral orgasms, and then you fuck her and you come within two seconds, she's going to be like, I'm still coming back for more. (laughs) And she's going to recommend you to her friends. You're going to get a great fucking Yelp review. Trust me. Yelp or Amazon, yeah. <laughs> depending which one, <laughs> depending which platform. This brings me to a story about a guy who actually came to our retreat once. So we'll just say he was in Eastern Europe and I remember him calling me up um, and Pierre, we're having a chat with him on the phone. He goes, man, you know what? There's two things. I've got premature ejaculation and I've got a small cock. And I go, what do you mean you got a small cock? And I go, oh, well, I feel really embarrassed all these years. I've had a small cock and... I basically just, I'm, I'm more of a grower. He's like, dude, you don't have to like justify. It's okay. Because I get that. It's like, I'm a grower, not a show. I'm like, dude, you've just got to understand that it's okay. It's okay. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. And he's like, no, but I feel really insecure. And the thing is, I get it, man. Because your whole life you've been basically told that you have to have this massive cock, yada, yada. As we've been just um, explaining the whole time today. But... What I really want to make clear to him, I go, again, you're not fucked up, man. You've just been sold these lies about having this 10-inch cock. And then we went through the whole spiel and stuff like that. And by the way, this guy's like, I have to come to your retreats because I understand the fundamentals of why it's so important to know all these other things, as Pierre was saying, about going down on a woman, about like giving her those oral orgasms, orgasms and making her feel so good. And then if you put your cock in her after like a minute, if it's big, small, or or whatever the fuck it looks like, doesn't matter what color, yada, yada, she's going to be like, I want to see you again because you're taking that time and that precision to put the focus externally from yourself and onto the other person. And that is what this guy was like, oh, I get that. And this guy's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes and travel whatever distance to make this shit happen. And this guy was like a broke student in Eastern Europe and he ended up getting a fucking loan out to make this shit happen because he goes, you know what? I'm done with feeling like this and I just really want to come to this because you know what? I'm sick of feeling shame, guilt, and anxiety. And that's what we see a lot of guys have. That shame, that guilt, that anxiety, like that performance anxiety of not knowing if they're doing the right thing in the bedroom or of like, am I... Am I pleasing this woman? The thing is, we want to get past all those mindsets and get back to presence. And when you can start being present present with a woman, you start seeing all those other mindsets 
about your size and all these other things start to diminish over time because women will start seeing you and going, you're amazing in the bedroom because I see you. I get to connect with you and I love the man who you are and your penis is only an extension of who you are. And when you can see that when a woman, really, when you can see this and it really truly happens over time, you'll start building new reference experiences in your head. I remember this. When I was about 16 years old, a woman actually told me I was a shit kisser. And that fucked me for such a long time. I remember I was at an underage, um, underage fucking disco, what is it, nightclub. Sound old disco. No, it was a nightclub. Underage nightclub. And I went and there was this, um, there was this blonde chick. I really wanted to kiss her. And then we kissed. I used to kiss like a million miles a fucking hour. I would like kiss her face and eat her face off. No wonder she said I was a shit kisser. But what ended up happening was that psychologically scarred me. And when that scarred me, um, I, like when I say scarred me, it's like it left an imprint on my mind of like, I am a shit kisser and that's it for the rest of my life. I'm going to be stuck like this. And then that's the same with dudes like, okay, I've got a small cock, but well, you can't grow your cock unless you take the pills. I get that. But at the same time, what you can do is start working on what you do have, working on your masculinity, the dominance and the things, working on your arsenal about going down on a woman, how to finger her better, how to give her an experience that she'll never, ever forget. And this is all through the foreplay and taking your fucking time once you're in the bedroom. And then when you do get to the point of being in the bedroom, get her to be begging for your cock. So then you're psychologically training her to beg for your cock. So she's like, I want it. I want it. Give it to me. That's what we actually train a lot of guys on to get women to start begging for your cock and appreciating your cock. Thank you, penis. I appreciate you. And that's just an inside joke for all the guys who have done the SQL. We've got it on and all the guys on the alumni group. We actually have an alumni group with about 40, 42 members now, and that is all people who have done SQL or doing SQL in the future. That's just a secret group that we have on Facebook with really, really exclusive content. And that was just an inside joke about, thank you, penis, I appreciate you, because we talk about some penis appreciation and how important that is to really appreciate your manhood for what size, what shape, what color, and how you feel about it. Because when you do, that's when women will start appreciating your penis. Start appreciating your penis and women will start appreciating your penis. So I'm going to say that again because this is so vital. When you start appreciating your penis, women will start appreciating your penis. I remember this woman sending me a, um, a birthday card or it was just a card and she just she had my suit jacket and she gave it back it was really cute of her actually and she knows who it is if she's listening i gave her my suit jacket and she basically goes i love you i love all of you and i love your penis so much it's like really like my cock appreciation it's like an inside joke it's just basically reframing your mind to appreciate your penis and and being comfortable with your sexuality because as pierre discuss that is that is the framework of what we teach it's understanding your sexuality how to connect deeply with yours and then after that hers and together now on that note i'm gonna let pierre Pierre looks like he wants to say something and then what i'm gonna do we're gonna throw in some little tips and little secrets about what you can do to actually hear some certain positions that you can start to do if you do feel like that your cock is below average 
Yeah. No, I, I just thought it was uh, funny what you said about the woman who told you you were a shit kisser yeah. and uh, how nervous you got. So for those of you who don't know me, I was a virgin until I was 21 years old. I was a bit of a late bloomer, you could say. And that was after three years of going out and hitting on chicks 10 hours a day, seven days a week. What the fuck? And I still couldn't get laid. So <laughs> I was fucked up. Right, and we can go into details of exactly why that was, but it was things. I was bullied for six years straight. Didn't have a single friend. I had PTSD, and it's just so much shit going on in my head. So it took me about a year, a year and a half, I think, of going out and talking to people on the streets ten hours a day to get over my initial um, anxiety of even saying hi to someone. Right. It took me about six months of going out 10 hours a day to to learn how to walk up to an old lady on the street and ask what time it was without cheating myself. That was how bad it was. So, but eventually I, I, I got comfortable socializing with people. Eventually I even got comfortable speaking to girls. That was, that was a big one. And then I got to the point where girls actually started to like me. I started to become confident. I started to become a bit more charismatic. And... Um, I started seeing patterns when I was speaking to girls that eventually they started looking at my lips and they started moving a little bit closer and they started having prolonged eye contact. And um, I realized one thing, it's time to start kissing girls. And I was absolutely scared shitless. So when I was about 18 and a half or 18, maybe 18 and a half, I still hadn't kissed a single girl in my life. And... um, I was so fucking terrified because I realized that I'm actually going to have to start kissing girls. In a way, I was super excited. I'm like, holy shit, I'm actually turning into a person that girls kind of like. They can see themselves making out with me. That's amazing. But because I was such a late bloomer, I just assumed that everyone had been like making out and kissing since the age of like 12, 13 or whatever. And, you know, it's it's the case. Most people actually do something like that, right? And uh, I was just... I was just so fucking nervous because I thought whenever I have my first kiss with a cute girl, she's going to have so much practice and she's going to have kissed all these other guys who had so much practice. I'm going to be so shit and she's going to know that I've never kissed anyone before. So every single, I remember this one time, I was out at this uh, sort of restaurant slash club kind of thing, both at once in Gothenburg, my home city. And I was with, with a mate of mine who was a player, proper hardcore player. And he was sort of showing me the ropes, so to speak, and how to speak to women. And then this super cute girl, uh, really skinny, long, thick, blonde hair, really big blue eyes. Not exactly my type, but still like super, super hot. And like way, way, way hotter than, than anything I would usually have be interested in me at the time. Which, I, uh, I'm still a little bit shocked. I'm not sure why she would like me back then. Because I was still a fucking loser. But in any case. Eventually she sat down on my lap. And she started like brushing her hair. She started looking me deep into my eyes. She started looking at my lips. She was sort of like licking her own lips. And I was like. Fuck! I actually have to do it. And she's so hot. No! I don't want to do it. Not with her. Give me practice with another one. And then my friend is sitting behind. And we had this sign where it's like, you know, like a truck driver goes, huh, huh, like that. That means like, like run the train, which, which these days we have a different meaning for run the train. But back then I was such a joke. That means just kiss her, right? 
And I was like, uh, 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 okay, like a million thoughts running through my mind. And I'm like picturing her, like she's gonna just start laughing at me. And it was like a little bit quiet, quieter area of the restaurant. So it just, it was like with the popular kids, the popular girls or whatever. I'm like, she's gonna laugh at me. She's gonna make everybody laugh at me. This is gonna be the worst thing of my life. So I sort of lean in just to sort of test. And she's, she's meeting me as well. And I'm like, Fuck, fuck, fuck. And right when she's coming up to my lips, I turn my, my head and I go and I, I just sort of like smell her neck just in absolute fucking panic. I'm like, oh, you smell so nice, right? What's really funny is that this made her feel like, oh my God, she started actually chasing me like crazy because it was like I was making fun of her. And it was just so funny how the whole thing played. So we had this super hot chick like literally chasing me the rest of the night. And I just looked like this super aloof dude well what was actually happening i was just too scared to fucking give her even a peck on the lips because i thought she was gonna make fun of me and laugh at me um i lost that one it's fair to say then then what happened was i was so fr- i'm like i just can't make myself do it so i did what any uber nerd like myself would do i went to the internet and i started googling how to kiss Right, and I found about three or four ebooks and one video course on how to kiss. And the video course showed like almost like like fifty different ways to kiss, right? And it had like the butterfly kiss, the French kiss, this kiss, that kiss, like all sorts of things. And it showed you how to practice on your hand. So I spent like hours and hours a day practicing on my hand how to fucking kiss. And then eventually I did end up having my first kiss. And what happened was she said, wow, you're a really good kisser. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I get that a lot. And I'm like, this is the first time ever. This is so fucking amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile, she thinks that I'm actually a good kisser. And I'm like trying to play it off. Like, oh, please, I get it all the time. I know. And I was just so fucking happy. But I think she, she realized that I probably wasn't that used to it even though i was good at it because the second after this happened i literally turn my back run back to my friends and high five them <laughs> which was you know again that tells you a lot about my level of social intelligence back then it wasn't very high but yeah that was one of the biggest biggest wins of my life in a way because that was something i had struggled with for a long time um i just thought that was a bit of a funny story um and point is point is this once I actually did do something, the, the anxiety, everything, it, it didn't matter anymore. But it was also because I had taken my time to, to get a little bit of competency around it. Because we have a lot of guys who are a little bit like, should I come to SQL before I know how to actually get a girl into the bedroom? It's like, yeah, you should prepare, right? It's like, imagine you're going to go camping. Are you going to figure out how to camp once you get to the woods? Of course not. You're going to figure some shit out before. Then, of course, you're going to have to learn more there. It was the same thing with, with making out. I was studying it a lot, actually, which is really funny. I've never heard about anybody else really studying how to kiss and make out. But I was actually learning, like, how to tease when you're kissing and how to make it psychological. And it turned out to be, there was, like, at the time I was going to dance school, and I'll talk about this a lot more in later, later episodes, but I was doing dance, I was doing salsa, I was doing tango, hip-hop street, I was doing some, some Jamaican dance, or like a lot of different dancing, and then I was learning about all this stuff with kissing, I started realizing that kissing was like dancing, what I figured out later on was that that sex was like dancing and foreplay was like dancing and dance is sex and sex is dance and this is, there's no difference really on a metaphysical level. That's not a rant. 
But my point was, I got a little bit of a competency beforehand and that made me relax and I actually ended up being one of the best kissers that she had ever had, even though it was my first time. And that was before I made a fool out of myself and running and high-fiving my friends. But that's another story. So, yeah, I ended up, ended up losing her because I was a fucking dumbass, but I got over my fear of making out with girls. The fear is what holds us back. And bringing it back to the erectile dysfunction, I, it pains me to hear that men are like, I'm not going to go on a date with this woman. And this may be you going, I'm not going to go on a date with a woman because what happens, like this, this, this blows my reality when I heard this for the first time. What happens if it gets sexual? What happens if she gets her, takes me home or I take her home and she pulls down my pants and laughs at me hysterically? Or she goes, what the fuck is that little thing? I get that. And I get that you don't know how to deal with that potentially because you've never been told. And the thing is, I want you to own it if you're ever in that position. And for you if to say, I'm not going to date a woman because of your size is completely, completely going to destroy you as a person. And the more that you keep having these thoughts, what's going to happen? It's going to keep ingraining that more and more and more, thinking that you are defined by your penis. It is completely irrelevant because we hear it so often now. So I don't... There was this guy I remember I talked to in England. He basically called me up and said, good looking dude, very fucking athletic. And basically said, you know what? I've got an array of women, but the thing is, Andrew, I don't want to take them on dates. I'm like, why not, man? He goes, I don't want to take them on dates because I'm fucking petrified of taking them home and the exact same thing you just discussed um, that I've discussed with you now. He goes, because what happens if I take them home and they laugh at me because of my penis size or because of the premature ejaculation thing? It's the exact same thing. And I'm saying, this is something that can be cured and I want you to get this sorted as soon as you can so you can have a fulfilling um, dating life and you don't have to have that stress of going, I like this person, now... How can I express and open up? And the thing is, what's going to be more fundamentally powerful is with a woman is when you can open up and express about who you are and what you like in the bedroom and fundamentally understand what she likes. Then she's going to attribute that a lot more to the size of your cock. And I've heard women start giving you a few extra inches psychologically because they go, ah, he basically... He basically knows what to do and he understands me. So basically, I'll let this one slide a little bit, but there's so much more to him that I love. And a mate of mine has like a really average size cock, but the thing is, he's like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. And his girlfriend is so fantastic because we're really open to have these chats. Basically, she, she's like, you know what? <laughs> his cock is so amazing for me and it fits like a peanut pod. And the thing is, that's such a beautiful thing for her to say on this because she's like building up his ego. He's like, you know what? I might have an average sized cock, but I got big fucking balls. And he just walks around and owns that shit, you know? But it's so funny where she's like, you know what? He's, I don't want his cock to be any bigger. And things you can see how genuine, sincere she, genuinely sincere she is about it. She's like, his cock fits my body beautifully and that's all I need. And that was like, holy shit. That is such a beautiful thing because this man is willing to be open, to be vulnerable, to put it all on the line and express what's going on for him. And the thing is, when he's there, she can go, I love his cock. I love him. I love his cock. And I love because when women really get to that, your cock is an extension of who you are. And then when you're out in public and then the boy's like, oh, mate, 
come on, does does she have does he have a big one? Like if it's you, and then your missus backs up, like it satisfies me like you would not believe. It's so, like I only know this shit because it's weird. I did female dating coaching for a year, and we had and talking to women behind closed doors. Holy shit, that was. That was actually quite interesting. When we're talking to a lot of women behind closed doors, the number one thing, and this will probably shock you, and I won't go into too much depth about this today, but the number one thing that they said, like, I'll give you the two top things that they said, and this is all confidential in regards to what they were saying behind closed doors. Like, obviously, I can't give you names, but it was actually interesting for my own research and looking into this. The two things that they fundamentally said when they go, what are you looking for in a man? They go, oh, I want him to be, um, uh, they're just like, they're giving me bullshitty answers, I want him to be nice to me, I want him to be caring, I want him to be loving, I want him to be, like, really good father, all good, all good shit, but the thing is, I go, let's cut the crap, what do you want, I want him to be taller than me, and I want him to have a good job, and that's the thing, I want him to be hard working, that was the actual words, and that's the thing, they weren't saying how big his cock was, and then we can go back to more biological times, and going back to like the more primal times, can we say, about the provider and things like that, as much as women can do that, it's like that providing shows like that masculinity, and shows that he can get shit done as well, and that builds all that trust. But that was interesting. And the height means like more potentially strength and can look after me. And it doesn't mean, you know, if you're short, it does not fucking matter. I'm just like saying what they said. Ideally, I hate when people say, oh, height doesn't matter. If, you, if, you, if you're short, you're... If it's if you if you're short, that's it's a slight disadvantage, but you can make it fucking work. You can get great women. You can have all this just because if you're a little bit shorter, it doesn't mean you're completely fucked and you're not completely fucked at all. It's just saying that you're saying this so unconsciously all the time. So if you're like, oh fuck, I'm short, I'm fucked. No, that is not 100% true at all. I'm just saying if you are tall, it does give you a slight advantage. And when those fucking marketing dudes like. More dating companies we've, I've seen in the past and more people are going, oh, height does not matter at all for men. It's like, it helps you. It just gives you that slight advantage. But the thing is, if you don't understand that, un- understand how to psychologically and sexually connect with a woman, it doesn't matter how tall you are. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter what you do and how much fucking think you are a boss. If you can't do those things, that's going to be detrimental to fucking actually connecting with a woman. And not to mention, on a side note, when I did do the female dating... Uh, we get we ended up getting one more woman married, so that was a fucking really, really awesome thing moving forward. But I just said, you know what, I cannot do any more female dating stuff. I just am so fucking dedicated, and I feel like it's my life calling to help men who are in similar positions to myself and Pierre get out of the ruts they're in, and so they can have a fulfilling, fulfilling, fulfilling sex life and have relationships that they've always wanted. Yeah. Uh- that's perfect. That's awesome. Um, well, I, I don't have that much else to say. Positions. The, oh, different types of positions. Yeah, that's right. You can actually put women into positions. We said we'd give you a few positions so you can put her in there and go, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Should we give them one position each? Yeah, let's give them a few positions. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So one, one, one position you can do that's, that's super effective is if you put a woman on her back right think uh, missionary and then what you do is you take her legs and you put them on your shoulders right so her legs are on your shoulders while you're inside of her but here's the trick that a lot of people don't know you don't have one leg on each shoulder what you do is that that's basically 
to get into the position you put them on your shoulders, right? One leg on each shoulder. And then you get inside of her. Then while you're inside of her, and I will take one hand around her neck so you don't end up slipping out while you do this, right? So you can really stay in. Then with your other hand, you take one, one of her legs and put it so it crosses the other leg, right? So you have both legs or feet on one shoulder. Then you take her legs and you push them up against her chest in a little bit while crossing them. I hope this makes sense without actually having to show, but you don't have to go this far, you can just put them on your shoulders, but to make it super, super, super tight, you, you make her legs bend at the knees while crossing them and putting them up against her chest. Now, once you go inside of her, if you have a big cock, you have to be extremely fucking careful right like you know like a properly hurt chicks being care be not being careful with this so if you if you have a big dick you got to be super careful now if you have an average sized cock you still need to be really fucking careful doing this now if you have a small cock you are finally going to be able to make her feel like it's really big even if you haven't properly aroused her psychologically and emotionally just this position alone will make you feel big pretty much no matter how small it is so that's my number one tip in terms of positions for what you want to do and as always the smaller your dick is the more i would just for i mean you would always like just drag the foreplay out make her just crawl on all four for it, make her do shit, make her beg, make it so fucking exciting and arousing that she feels she's like in Fifty Shades of Grey, right? And then no matter how small it is, it's still gonna feel amazing. Then you put the legs up on her chest and you cross the legs and all this kind of stuff. And so that her, 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 so it's, yeah, so she's almost like lifted up a little bit, but in, in, in her butt and, and yeah. It just gets super, super tight and it's very pleasurable for all parties. <laughs> and sign the agreement and make sure she smiles. My number one tip for this would be literally something really simple. That was a really great elaborate detail from Pierre. But I would literally just for this, that's a great position. It's so funny. I get this with, with uh, clients who've done SQL and stuff like that. Or people who are starting to watch the best she ever had online academy like we do that as well like the, the home training people like andrew i fucking hate it i tried this new position that you taught me it's awesome but fuck i was thinking about you the whole time and actually <laughs> actually when you told me about the cross-legged thing yeah. i literally went out and tried it yeah. and you were thinking of me and i was thinking i'm like how did pierre describe it so i'm i'm, cro I'm crossing the legs and i'm pulling i'm like this and i'm like oh pierre oh pierre <laughs> Pierre would be proud right now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, guess what? I did the position you told me. So I understand how you're feeling. Anyone who's done SQL. Is, once you're doing the position and she's like screaming, oh my God, this is so good. You're like, yeah, Pierre told me this. Yeah. <laughs> I did SQL and uh, that's it. But actually we do have our, before I tell you the position, we do have our clients say to women who they've had sex with, oh, by the way, I did this course back in the day. And they go, oh, what is it? Oh, I shouldn't tell you and stuff like that. This stuff that Pierre taught me, like, oh, I shouldn't tell you. And the girl's like, what do you mean? Like, uh, really, you're going to judge me? Shit like this. They go, no, tell me. Like, oh, fuck it. And then basically you go through all these fucking, you go through that on and on and on. Like, oh, I did this course, actually learn how to give women insane orgasms and really go how to go down on them and finger them and make them squirt. I oh, just 
things like that. Probably shouldn't have told you that. Holy fuck. And then you build up this curiosity and you're like, yeah, it was only a three-day thing for like 10, 12 hours and sometimes more. And the girl's like, what the fuck? It's like this whole elaborate fucking story that Pierre actually teaches to the guys. And yeah, so then women are super curious, get turned on, and they go, which woman wakes up in the middle of the fucking... At, which woman wakes up out of bed in the morning and goes, I don't want a man who's going to fuck me like a demon. No woman. They want great sex. They want a man who's going to take them. Now, before I divulge and digress, should I say, into digress any further about that, what I want to do is give you that one position that you can start to do. What I recommend, and again, it's the same thing as what Pierre said, make sure you do this and you take your time uh, maybe take your time and don't push it in too deep. Always start slow. And the thing is, I see a lot of guys that go, they want to start quick and fast at the, at the start. You always want to take things slow because you can always speed things up. Because if you just go hard and fast at the start, trying to slow down later is usually um, a little bit hard and it's not going to... It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's like, and especially for premature ejaculation, like, oh, quick, I'm going to go fast at the start, really, really quick. It's like, no, no, what you have to do is go slow and then progress, and that's going to last longer, and you can be more relaxed in the bedroom. But the one position is this. Literally, what you can do is be laying on your back, and when you're laying on your back, she can be sitting on top, just easy, just cowgirl, and instead of her just bouncing up and down, what I want you to do is pop your fucking hips forward and when you pop your hips forward you can hold her by the hips and then instead of just like throwing her up and down and fucking you what you can do you can start moving her hips back and forward really gently so it's more of a grinding and internal fucking motion with your cock inside of her pussy and that's really pleasurable and the thing is if your cock is too big what's going to happen it's going to be it's going to be really it's going to be painful, but if your cock is more of an average size, also depending on the woman's sizes as well, and depending how much cock she's taken, things like this. But yeah, now, now, but you get the gist. Also, sometimes remember this, guys. If you haven't, if, if you're with your partner who you love dearly, and you haven't seen her for two weeks, two three weeks, and you've been gone on vacation, she hasn't masturbated and things like that. She could be really tight again, or if she's done her Kegel exercises and she's done her like um. PC, her, her Kegel exercises. I've got the name just off the top of my head. It is... Pelvic floor. Pelvic floor exercises, thank you. So she's done her pelvic floor exercise and got there. You don't want to just go wham, bam, thank you, man, and put, put it in. You want to take your time and really enjoy that. So pump up your hips and do that and move her forward really slowly. But on that note, I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything else to add? If you want to support this podcast, what you can do, I'm going to keep this rant short today because you know the deal already. If you want to support this movement, you want other people to, you want everybody to be good. You want men to be men again and you want women to have the ability to meet real men again. What you can do is share this podcast and you can embody the principles that we speak about. If you're having issues embodying things, if there are questions you have, um, let us know. We want to make this podcast tailored specifically for the challenges that you guys have. We want to give you so much free value. We want the world to change. 
we're not just paying lip service to this. We are giving out hundreds and hundreds of hours of free content and we are not going to stop. So if there is any part of this you're having a hard time implementing, let us know and we will tailor the content for you. And if there are other men, you know, if you're a woman listening to this, please share this podcast with the world. If you're a man, sharing, uh, man listening to this, please share this podcast with the world as well. Um, and if you want to take your sex life to the next level and have these deep transformations, you have the retreat. We have a $25,000 yearly mentorship as well, but you have to go through the initial retreat first and be verified and, and approved through the first retreat before you can be eligible. But just so you know that. Then we have the online academy. And of course, we have a bunch of sex toys on the website. you find everything on andrewmiok.com. There are links on the SoundCloud website. Uh, podcast profile as well and then we have a course a $500 course that we are giving away for free called from none to nymph how to turn any woman into a sex crazed nymphomaniac everything you need to know about psychological and emotional arousal and sexual tension yeah that's pretty much it and i think we're gonna call it today thank you so much for today andrew yeah thanks for having thanks guys and we will see you tomorrow